0: Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hey guys, today we're talking about diversity and inclusion with Manpreet Dillon, a consultant who works with cities, companies, and organizations to create more equitable environments and operations at every level. In this episode, we'll chat
1: about the current state of inclusion, strategies to create more equitable workplaces, culture adding instead of culture fitting and the evolution of workplace conditions for women.
0: We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Manpreet. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? We are so good. Yeah, excited to speak to you. And you're calling from a snowy location. Where are you at?
2: I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Right now, it's not snowing. We lucked out. But uh, otherwise, yes, sometimes it snows. Yeah. We're not as lucky as all of you are in Australia.
0: <laughs> well, you're pretty lucky. Vancouver is, I have to say, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to in my life. It's, yeah. it's just stunning. I've not been, but I'm dying to visit because you can go skiing there, right? It's like
1: one yeah, of the biggest yeah you can board. go skiing yeah. and
2: the same day you can go boating. It's amazing. So anytime cool. you come visit, let me know. I'll, I'll show you around.
1: Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. I do have a friend that moved there and has lived there for like the last seven years and um, his pictures are just amazing It's like
0: it is a very yeah. photogenic city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like the Instagram influencer of cities. For sure.
2: <laughs> it totally is. It really, <laughs> really is. Um,
0: so tell
1: us your story. Um where did you grow up? What yeah. um what did you you know, what what did you think you'd be when you were older? Like all the we want to know all the juicy details. Of, all the things, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> all those fun things. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Canada. My parents were immigrants and it um they immigrated from India. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow.
2: And it was really interesting because I always like, I love telling the story. So I, we grew up with this whole, you know, my, my parents would always ask, what what do the white people do? Like, what are they eating? What do they bring oh, Like, what do you oh, take for lunches? Oh, All these things. That is so It's really, yeah. Like now, like reflecting back on it, I'm like, oh, like they were just trying to get us to fit in. Yeah. Um, and which has, as I'll tell my story, you'll notice why this makes sense. Mm. But so I, yeah, I grew up here. Um, we traveled a lot. I've been to like 34 countries I think at this point or 33 um, I can't remember mm-hmm. um for me like culture and learning about people and learning about um what makes people who they are is so important mm-hmm. um and yes. you know and from uh for one of the biggest things for me is like I love connecting people to things that are gonna that are gonna elevate them
0: mm-hmm. and so I have a
2: strong mm-hmm. spiritual side I'm a Akashic Records teacher as well so uh which has influenced my business um and now Like my background's in HR, I started doing equity, diversity, inclusion work, and I decided at 13 that this is the work I was going to do, which is really neat. And then it's actually influenced every aspect of my life, like being involved with the arts and using arts to bring people together and communities together Uh, and being in, um, you know, I love trying to play instruments. So I'm learning drums from like the djembe drums to like the snare drum. I suck at all of them. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, I love trying new sports as well, and I'll play sports. Um, and uh, one of the other cool things is like I live with brain injury, and so I'm a high-functioning minor brain injury, oh which gosh. allows me to see the world in a different way and allows me to, uh, even though we have a very successful tech company um, and a consulting company, I have to work differently, and it really helps with the work, work that I do, mm-hmm. um, which is equity, diversity, and inclusion. So... That's me in a nutshell, you know, and we'll dive deeper as we go along.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In this area, I just want to talk about this for a while because for it's been, first of all, it took way too long for companies to start really focusing and hiring um, consultants like you mm. to embed these types of qualities through their organizations, but it's really popular now. What is your... Tell us about that. Like, what is your perspective on this? Like, where we were as a, a society, I suppose, mm-hmm. and why um, these types of, of um, consultations and, and your profession has is on the boom?
2: Well, so interesting. So, yeah. So, like, a year ago, February, like, mm-hmm. probably almost to the week, um, mm-hmm. I was going to quit. So, I've been doing this work for 15 years, and yeah. I was like, there's no change happening. So, so slow going. And I've worked on some really crazy global projects as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but we're not seeing the change. And I I was done. I was like fed up because it's exhausting if you're doing the work because you're constantly talking about sexism, racism, Mm -hmm. genocide, and all these, you know, things that we'd want to rid society of.
0: It's emotionally taxing. I can Mm -hmm. just imagine.
2: Completely. And then COVID happens.
0: Yeah.
2: And COVID um, as we started to look at the stats, we started to see uh, immigrant women in Canada were the most impacted. Really? Um, we started, yeah, and w- women-owned businesses were more mm-hmm. impacted.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Because when we start thinking about how women own what lo- type of businesses women owned, like, a lot of times they were a lot more service-based. Yeah. Then you think about immigrant women, a lot of them are in essential service, you know, front yeah. lines right. um, or service industry, and those are the businesses that were closing. Mm-hmm. And so... And it's really, and so that all of a sudden shifted, started shifting the conversation to gender, equity, Cody. Um, and it was great because I'm like, okay, at least we're getting the gender quality work. People are starting to think about it. Even though the world shut down, people are thinking about what's going to happen to women during this. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, uh, so then when George Floyd was murdered in, uh, at the end of May, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's like a flurry of activity Right. Prior to that, we had always had to explain people why the stuff was implor- important mm-hmm. um, and why they should do equity, diversity, inclusion. All of a sudden, it was like, okay, we don't know what to do. How like, do you feel? How
0: do you feel about that personally? I mean, what's your opinion on that?
2: I mean, there's two – oh, Oh, there's so many opinions about that.
0: <laughs> and you can go as far there's... as you want. You don't have to. <laughs> like, please don't. I'm. This is
2: just stuff I'm curious about. Mm. I mean, first of all, I'm glad people started paying attention to it and understanding that the issues were there. The issues yeah. have been there for 600 years plus. Mm. Right. And when we start thinking back to slavery days, so people started thinking about it, which was excellent. The right. other thing was some people were doing performative where let's put the black square on, let's go quiet on social media. Yeah. Um, or put the statement out. And that's what would, would annoy me because all of a sudden they're doing this, and, um, but they're not like doing anything internally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I totally agree with you. It's like the, the values that you market, you know, have to be the yeah. values that you live by, mm-hmm. both as a human being and also as a company. You know, people see through that oh, stuff completely. really quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're not actually hiring, promoting, et cetera, um, by the values that you say that you support, you know, it's it's pointless. It's worthless.
2: To, absolutely. And it was interesting because a lot of these companies, what they're doing is, um, some companies, not, not sorry, not a lot, sorry. Some of them are like, well, why, why are we talking about this? It's mm-hmm. like, well, it's a human rights issue. It's impacting right. people, impacting the way people feel about what's happening. Um, you know, like there's a farmers protest in India right now. Mm-hmm. Our family is, my family's farmers. So we have intergenerational trauma around um, how the government has treated My Mm -hmm. people of my religion, so the intergenerational trauma is going to get triggered, and that's Mm -hmm. the same thing that happens when we have like George Floyd's murder and all the Mm, everything else that around it.
1: Yeah, and so it's
2: just a. It was really interesting to watch, like where it's like it's impacting all of your employees at some Mm -hmm.
0: level.
2: or they're trying to understand why, how it's impacting them.
0: Yeah. And it's not just mm-hmm. impacting people from that specific demographic group. It's impacting no, everyone. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to be um, a part of that ethnicity or group or whatever. You don't have to be part of the peop- the group which is being oppressed in any certain situation mm. to have it make you feel debilitatingly helpless and bad. You know? Oh, completely. Yeah. Well,
2: I was reading a stat today, like w- looking at how anti-Asian racism has gone up, yeah, significantly around the world
1: with mm-hmm. COVID.
2: And yeah, yeah, and I mean, we don't have to be Asian to be like our neighbors are. You know, their lives might be in danger because right. because people don't understand that these pe- these people are like can't be aren't, aren't to be blamed. Yeah, people yeah. we love or care about, I'm friends with, are impacted by this. Mm. Right.
0: The thing that's always stunned me about this whole situation is how short um, memories can be. Right. Like, yeah. Like it was, you know, a hundred years ago, ish, that we fought World War One. Right. Yeah. Less than a hundred years yeah. ago that we fought World War Two you know like the 60s were not fun you know and everything before yeah. that we had, we've we're not that far away from all of the turmoil that the world has um you know with racism with you know the world wars and all the issues surrounding that we ha- it hasn't been that long guys <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's the thing it's like <laughs> it has it's not like it was like 500 years ago that these yeah. things were happening it's like it really hasn't been that long guys do we forget like yeah. you know like do we forget where this leads as a society and pre and this sounds like yeah. a weird question but do you ever have any objections
1: to wanting to create a culturally diverse workplace
2: mm. oh absolutely all the time
1: what are they like
2: yeah so i don't blame these individuals because a lot of the times the, um there's some CEOs mm-hmm. that we that we have worked with mm-hmm. where they're just like look we for business reasons we don't I don't. I need to just hire the right person.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead
2: of looking at people with disabilities, race, um, you know, LGBTQ two mm-hmm. po- uh, population, you know, or even gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I just want to hire the right person, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get the right person if I hire from other groups. Wow. And so that perception itself. Um, I mean, it says a lot about what their experience was. Yeah, but it also says about they don't understand the value of diversifying your candidate pool. That you will yeah. get the best candidate, but they just might not look like you.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what? To, what? Like, what is your approach to hiring to make sure that you have equitable hiring practices? Do you typically suggest that? What do you suggest?
2: Mm. For me, it's always about hiring the right person, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is where we always want the right candidate. So what we do with that is, you have a matrix of like what skills are you looking for, mm-hmm. what is going to be what, are, and you're looking for the person that's going to be the culture add, mm-hmm. um, not the culture fit, because when you think about culture fit, they're just going to think the same way. We really yeah. want the diversity right. of thought.
0: Huh. Yeah, and what is like. It.
2: Yeah, and like what perspectives do we need at the, during the decision making table that aren't there? Yeah,
0: and culture fit can be such a, a slippery requirement. It's like, what does that okay, mean? Yeah. Mm. You know, culture fit—what they like the same things you do, so they're they fit you culturally. Yeah, you know, like, like what they'll does, go
1: for a beer with you on a Friday, so right. then they're okay. Yeah, yeah. So they'll bro yeah, around it's, with you yeah,
0: or whatever. You know, mm. like it's just it—it it doesn't. It's really bad. Yeah, it's actually really
2: bad. Yeah. And um, one of the biggest things is, like, diversifying your candidate pool and, like, asking people to, you know, share the posting with people that would never see it otherwise.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. the other, th- like, and this is, you know, as a hiring, someone who hires people all the time and, and creative people and marketing people, um, making sure that the candidates that you consider are from a variety of backgrounds and have a variety of experiences, you know, like, is really important. It's like, you know... Mm. Like if a recruiting company were sending me like all white people, I'd be like, there's a problem here. Yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> I haven't interviewed anyone who isn't white. like what's going on? Yeah, um, you know, that's not that's not okay. And like backgrounds and and you know, even resumes, really because if you work in creative, it's like, really beneficial to have someone who's worked in fashion and beauty and then someone who's worked for tech brands and then someone who's worked, because they mm-hmm. all have different perspectives on how
2: to approach a, a problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, when we think about like also looking at socioeconomic status or mm-hmm. looking at what cities they lived in, when you mm-hmm. live, I mean, when we live in Canada, when we live in Australia, we have very different perspectives mm-hmm. yeah. on even like what do we value, what products do we have, what do we do for leisure activities.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nat and, and I say this all really the time funny. to each other 'cause because like, Nat's from the US and I'm from the UK. And we'll laugh about things and surprise each other with like the way that we see the world or even the way that we like say certain phrases um are just so different sometimes. Yeah. And it's it's really nice to have that diversity and like mm. you can learn so much from other people with, with like more diverse
0: yeah. thought. Yeah. <laughs> and you think
2: you
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 sorry. Um like even your what you were saying about backgrounds, like I've noticed that, you know, some people on my team have are first generation college graduates and some, you know, are are not. Like some have parents who are professors or, or like, you know, super education oriented, Mm -hmm. like all of this, these different backgrounds and experiences you don't get if you are constantly kind of like picking from the same pool. Like some, some companies I know like only hire from Ivy leagues or whatever, Mm. you know, and then you only get the, the person who got through the Ivy league, you know?
2: Yeah. Wasn't, I was talking to one of my VC friends and she's a woman VC and, she was telling me she's like we actually make sure that they don't come from the finance background when we mm. hire um, uh, adv- analysts. Yeah. Um, because she's like an athlete will think completely different. Yeah. And analyze the mm. business completely different than someone who has a social sciences background.
0: Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And yeah. That's cool.
2: So it, you still need the financial, obviously. You still need that kind of the skill set, but it um, it really it's like it's amazing to think. You know, there's 7 billion people in this world or more now, almost 8 billion, I guess. Yeah. Um, everyone thinks differently. Mm-hmm. So how can you think that we want to always create products or create services without having different perspectives? Because you're actually limiting who your market is. You're actually limiting who's going to buy from you then.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also love the benefit of like when, you, when you're a team leader, I love the benefit of learning about different ways of life and different experiences and how that shapes people. Mm -hmm. And the way that they think, Mm, like, when you hire someone who's completely different than you, like, you don't know what it's opening your mind up to, Mm -hmm. but it's going to open your mind up to something, you know, like, they're going to tell you a story at some point, or come up with a perspective based on an experience that they've had, you know, and your, your, your mind's going to be blown at one point, you're going to be like, whoa, really? And it just changes, it just helps you grow as an individual and as a leader.
2: Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. One of the things um, I love hearing is different, like, you know, talking about um, like even money mindsets. Yeah. And when you have different money mindsets on the team, where like when people are more, have grown up in more, you know, a lower socioeconomic status for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, or some people have grown up, like, you know, they've been, they've had everything they've wanted, mm-hmm. you see the work ethic is a little bit different, but you also see how they approach contracts. They approach time resources mm-hmm. is different because you, you can see where um, there's some that will value it a little bit more or value it a little bit differently depending on their experience.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and which is really powerful, you know, as a, as a business owner, it's really powerful to have that. Um, all those different lens as well. Mm.
0: Yeah. You know what's so funny? Um, you know, my parents, and this is, this plays out in your personal life. It plays on your professional life. My parents didn't have uh, a college degree. Neither of them did. And I remember dating this guy and he was a uh, Latino and his parents both were professors and they were both really into education. And he had a really kind of um, comfortable childhood. Like, with very safe choices. And my parents were always, like, up and down, starting businesses, you know, like, money. It's Like, sometimes we had a ton. Sometimes we had none because they they didn't know how to, you know, manage it necessarily and all this stuff. And they're just kind of making it up as they went along. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the difference in our work ethic once. And he was like, not. He's like, I've never met anybody who works like you do. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, you know, and don't you want this? And he's like, "Ah." maybe I'm okay. He's like, I guess I just don't have that thing because everything's been always been fairly easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. looking at him and being like, that's a lot of self-awareness. That's really cool. But holy crap, that's profound as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> it amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how it shapes you, you know, and his parents had come to the States just to have that, like, come more comfortable life as professors here at a at a university, which is, you know, interesting.
2: Well, it was interesting because someone said to me when I had um, when I was in my business, and they actually like sat me down. They're like, "You're not hungry enough." And until you get hungry for success, or like to, act, they're like, "You want to make the impact, but you're not hungry for the revenue stuff. You're not going to make this successful until you're hungry." Yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Get hungry." I'm like, "How?" Like I've like I've always <laughs> had everything. I've wanted like, yeah. you know, and 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 then as soon as I like, I was like, "No, I can get hungry." And I, as soon as I brought that energy in mm. wow the, my business completely shifted we expanded more cre- increased our impact because then it was like oh no there's a reason for this and we need to yeah so tell be- us this
1: tell us about that so you you felt hmm. like you were kind of at, at one level then you shifted gears and you brought in a new energy what was it that you were then actually doing that was different that then helped propel your business forward how'd you get um,
0: hungry so, <laughs> so, yeah yeah
2: so I actually started one of the I mean one of the things was I actually started looking at my numbers and I started I invested heavily to get the cash model done.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I invested more than I should have. <laughs> yeah and I hear to get you. this like amazing cash model that I'd never really end up really using. But that also I was like, if I want to play at that level, I also need to bring clients in at that level. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, investing like ten thousand dollars into get a cash model when because I, I went to like one of the top firms to get it done. Because I was, my ego got in the way and I'm like, oh, I can't say no to this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I need, and you know, this, like how we, you know, do these things for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so when I spent that money and I was like, I spent money I didn't have. And why did I do, and I did that out of ego. Yeah. And I was like, who is that going to even help now? Right. And that literally money got wasted, you know. And at that point, that was Mm -hmm. one point. And then at one point I was on bed rest because I had, I've had multiple concussions. And, um, so I was on bed rest and I had to hire a team Mm -hmm. before I was ready and I had to dip, you know, make it all happen. And I, I was like, I, I was struggling because every, all the money that was coming in was getting spent on the team.
0: Yeah. And nothing right. was
2: getting left for me. So that got me hungry because I refused to touch any of my personal savings. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, look, if I want to create jobs for people, I need to make a sustainable organization. And for me, cre- creating jobs was really, really important. Yeah. And so that – I, it wasn't about me anymore. And that's what helped me shift my mindset. Huh.
1: Yeah.
2: Because yeah. there's people relying on me for their livelihood. People quit their – Six-figure jobs to come join my team. Wow! And how then, did you what them to did do that?
0: T- yeah,
2: I don't even know.
0: She's like, I am really charming. I don't know if you've noticed,
2: but just really charming. Yeah, I was. I'm not really sure how I did that. But
1: was- Seriously, that's amazing because that's, that's something I always wonder. Is like, as a startup founder, you you or like uh, when you're founding a business, you you have a vision, but you're really passionate about it how how do you make other people as passionate and as willing to be in the trenches with you as you are um
2: for me it's it was exciting. really yeah it was our purpose like i i'm so passionate about the purpose of the change that we want to make in the world mm. and the way that i see change yeah i have a way to enroll other people in it constantly because i like i mean it was i we had some a new admin assistant started today and I was just telling her what what we do and she's like oh my god this is like amazing how like how did I I'm so glad that I'm here and I'm like and I was thinking I'm like what happened here like how did she just get so enrolled because it's like the passion comes through mm-hmm. and I mean when I talk about some of my projects as you can tell I get very animated and very excited yeah. and people want to be a part of it because they want to people essentially want to feel like they belong to something and how yeah. that they contribute to the world
1: yeah Absolutely. And when you give them
2: a pathway to contribute and grow and give them enough autonomy that they get to bring their influence to something,
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: it's a game changer and people are going to step into it.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. That's amazing. Um, so
1: tell us about some of your clients and who you're working with at the moment. Yeah. Please do.
2: Yeah. So who um, I'm like, so some of our clients have, uh, so I've worked with different UN agencies, um, We, which was which is one of wow. some of my favorite projects. Yeah. We developed a mentorship program for the uh, country of Georgia for the private sector there. Wow. Uh, um, so that was really cool. And then we worked with um, organization for the prohibition chemical weapons, like did their gender diversity strategy and HR strategy. Uh, then one of my other favorite projects is um, the HR tech group. We partnered with them and created a hub of best practices, diversity inclusion, that's open source. Mm-hmm. Anyone can yeah. go on there and take, down, you know, download resources. So there's over 350 on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's, that one's one of my favorite projects. And we also work, um, we developed a skilled immigrants, um, a career development program with mm-hmm. immigrant Affairs council of BC. And that was one of my great programs. Cause so like all the skilled immigrants coming into the uh, coming into BC mm-hmm. at some point, we'll take this program Okay. And it just to help them get a get the job in the field that they're in. Wow. That's
0: amazing. And so those
2: are some of like our bigger projects that we love. And then we work with we have some cities who are some of our clients for the assessment tool, uh, which because we're the tech we have a tech platform,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and we have an audit with them. Some so some a couple of cities, a couple of restaurants. I'm trying to think, uh, who else? We have a couple of like other large national not for profits. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the very Canadian North American base, but we so, have a lot of clients in tech. Um, yeah, just because we we've been doing a lot of audits in tech, so
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a big push right now, um, making tech more diverse and making tech more uh, gender equal mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what is it that you see, like, you know, okay, so we we obviously have a lot of women listeners um, as the Female Founders Network. So specifically when it comes to diversity and women, what are the biggest issues that you see today? And how, what advice do you give companies to
2: fix them? Yeah, so there's a few things. So on, if we're looking at it for women in careers,
0: mm-hmm.
2: biggest thing, get a mentor. Yep. Um mm-hmm. That I mean, we hear that constantly, but like, just go do it. Get it. Find a mentor. Find yeah. someone. a Couple of mentors. Like, mentors are going to support you at different levels. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's longer term. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, also, there's a great article that was just released today with the Harvard um, Harvard Business Review that imposter syndrome is not real. Um, I it's really read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really
0: interesting. Do you want to explain the concept or talk about the concept?
2: Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, So, you know, lately we hear that there's all this research around imposter syndrome, that 76% of women suffer from imposter syndrome. Um, You know, women are, if they don't meet all the criteria, they're uh, less likely to apply for the job. Women will, even if they meet like half the criteria, they'll apply for it. Mm. Yeah. So when this article comes out and you're kind of looking at, they're like, well, no, sometimes they're just systemic issues. Uh-huh. And that women, it's not that they don't think that they're enough. They're just not a way for them to enter the door or do the presentation or do the next thing. Huh. Yeah. Um, because it's, the, it's not open for them to do that. Yeah. yeah. So they're hitting up against choice. a wall rather than it's – not, it's not their wall. Yeah. It's the way the system's built up.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's like all the little things. Like with women, yeah. you know, like say something bad happens, there's a controversy or like a campaign flops or whatever it is in the office. Um, women are trusted less. They're asked less, you know, what happened. And then yeah. when they're, when they're um, you know, maybe in leadership positions or, or in, um, you know, positions where they're handling something critical for the company, you know, they're, they tend to be judged more harshly. Um, which is really, really hard because th- if that's systemic and people don't know that they're actually doing it, if it's, um, you know, unconscious, how do you change it? You know, so
2: what do you, what do you say? What do you give? What advice do you give companies? So for companies, I mean, they need to just really step into like uh, what kind of tra- like um, I'm not a fan of just training on its own. It's like doing the audit, looking at how can you embed equity diversity inclusion in the way you operate from. What is as you're developing programs, as you're developing your products, are you using inclusive design and marketing? Um, Is you know as you're developing out the performance management systems, is there inclusivity there? Who's making the final decisions? How are things? How transparent is the succession uh, planning process? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we're looking at for individuals. It's um, take credit. Like women don't always take credit for their work. Yeah. Um, cause we have a tendency to be like, oh, we all did it, which is great. Mm. Yeah. But also take credit for what you did. Yeah, don't yeah. take other people's credit, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, it's, But then it's also, you know, I was having this conversation about women in uh, law enforcement today.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: women are, you know, it, as soon as they're pregnant, uh, people see them a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's not like, and we might have to prove ourselves for the next little while. To show that we can actually do other things, but it's like it's also remembering: do you have to prove that to yourself, or are you proving that to other people? Mm-hmm. Because if you're still performing at the same level, just remember that yeah, they might have those perceptions, and but people are gonna have always have those perceptions. Don't burn yourself out because yeah. you're trying to change other people's opinion of yourself.
0: Yeah, hmm. oof, that is heavy. Yeah, that is intense. <laughs> I'm sitting here giving this podcast while in my ninth month of pregnancy. By the way, I don't know if you oh. knew that. <laughs> But you said don't burn no. yourself out, and I was like, oh, I'm working until forty weeks, and I'm literally like, no. Nah, yeah. When are you gonna go maternity? Leave? And she's like, only when I go into labor. Like, Come but on. it's it's your instinct. You're thinking like you know you think you you feel guilty. Mm. You're like, yeah. oh, my company has to pay me for X amount of weeks off. No way. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but a lot of women do, and I've mm. I've talked about it, and and a lot of other women have said, you know, I felt the same way. Like I had to give even more. To make up for the fact that I was getting this benefit for bringing human life into the world.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but it's also, think about the fact that how much have you given to the company already? Yeah, right. Right. Right? And I mean, I have they, I mean, not to, I mean, as an employer, like obviously you want people to, you know, do well, uh, contribute. But it's also like, I mean, this is, and that's where the important thing is like, someone's taking MAT leave, it shouldn't be an inconvenience for the company. It should actually be celebrated because. For that time period, mm-hmm. you get a different viewpoint coming in.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's int- and that
2: doesn't mean that the other person, yeah. you know, and, and it's your, the other person has an opportunity, the person on the maternity leave has an opportunity for someone to come come in, kind of rebound the systems a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to suck when you come back um, because yeah, there's some changes, but there you just get to step into something that's better.
0: Yeah. Mm. You know what's interesting is I'm actually really excited about that because I'm handing our team the the leadership of our team over to um our VP to just oversee but then also my top two leads and letting like letting them really run it, run with it yeah. and seeing what they come up with when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get to come back to all of these ideas and new things and and that kind of stuff, which is really fun. And you have to focus on that stuff instead of feeling guilty that you have to leave, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the thing, the thing is, like it's also, you're going to be a better person because you're rested. You have, well, you're not going to be rested because you're a new child. <laughs> but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you have this, like, new energy and this, like, new purpose and this new mission in life of making a world a better place because of a, this child. Yeah. And you come in with that renewed energy and difference in a different sense.
0: What um, do you see any differences culturally in generations when you um, talk to women about diversity and their role in the workplace and that kind of stuff? Like I, oh, yeah. I personally have yeah, <laughs> I've personally noticed a massive difference between like the baby boomer generation Gen X generation versus older millennials, even versus like younger millennials and Gen Z. Like, those of us yeah. who were, like, young girls in the early 2000s, like, it seems to have been a lot different for us coming up than it is for, for younger women now. Like, what have you noticed there?
2: So I'm I'm a Gen X, um, and uh, I always pretend that I'm a Gen Y, but I'm not. But um <laughs> So I'm a Gen X. And, yeah. and I've tried to convince other people that I'm a Gen Y, but I missed it by two years. <laughs> um, but it was – it's really interesting because the baby boomers – some it's shifted even in the last, I'd like to say five. So, I've been doing gender equity work for about 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 11, 12, to years, we've really seen like previously people, are, um, there was a group of women that would be like, Hey, let's make the introductions. Mm-hmm. Well, and depending on what industry you're in, and certain industries, they're just like, We made it on our own, you can make it on your own, yeah, yeah.
0: right. Yeah right so and weird. so that was like
2: the one generation huh. then the gen x are like we're still we're a little bit subdued we're like uh we're the first generation that might have had money um out of our families yeah um, we're the first generation that actually had a little bit more freedom if you have a lot of cultural influence yeah uh, we we broke a lot of the you know immigrant barriers and those kind of things and now we're like and so we're a little bit um we still a little bit subdued in how we show up in leadership and what that is yeah. Where the older, older like Gen Y, they're just like, yeah, this is it. We're, like we're we're doing this. Yeah. Um, where the Gen Z is just like, cool. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. Like we don't. What do you mean? Like there was no. Gender, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. We're just gonna. I mean, we just the. It's supposed to be equal. Like, why is this not equal? Let's go yeah. change everything. They're
0: like, they're like, of course it's okay to to talk about my feelings in the office. Of course it's okay to, to oh, yeah. cry if I want to. You know, it's that's the interesting thing. Is like, oh my gosh, when I first started my career, and I've talked about this with a lot of people. So it's really interesting to talk with you. Um, I. I remember, like, pretending to be a dude, basically. Like, I'm like, what habits can I ingrain so people will take me seriously? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And now it's like you have to, like, um, you know, people, it's not like that anymore. Like, it's okay to be feminine in the office and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So,
2: so I, I remember as in grade 11 or 12, I was like, oh, when I'm successful, I'm going to have phone calls on the weekend. People are going <laughs> to call me for my opinion. And I'm like, so when that all started happening and I ended up in burnout – then I was like, oh, that's not success.
0: <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I wish someone
2: would have told me that that kind of working <laughs> is not success. And right. then as we're bringing feminine leadership principles in yeah, into the work that we do and even into corporations, um, people are just like, oh, I'm like, yeah, there's pussy power. <laughs> they're like, yeah. what? I'm like, stand in your divine feminine, like <laughs> there's power with your pussy and you will get what you need. And they're like, And I'm like, you can leave meetings from that place and people are going to be doing what you say. They're like, no way. And then they do it. They're like, oh, that totally works. Yeah. 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 It's
0: interesting. Have you heard about the Free Britney movement?
2: <laughs> yeah, Have you been yeah, following
0: yeah. it? I so at a first bit, yeah. it's yeah it's very interesting. There's mm. a podcast called Even the Rich that kind of goes into the detail there, which is really interesting to me to see how that happened to her. Um, but the other thing that people are talking about now is how it exposes the culture, like the toxic culture towards women, of the late mm. '90s and early 2000s. And I really remember that culture of like vilifying women, making fun of women. You know what I mean? It's horrible. Judging the the
1: magazines, like
0: slating outfits and. Yeah, yeah, any weight gain or anything oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, no wonder yeah. we had such thin eyebrows; we were pulling our hair out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we thought that was a good idea back then. <laughs> that was
0: a terrible idea as well, but it's interesting to see like the the generations of women in the office that kind of went through that, and it was like that trial by fire—like you got to push through
2: it—versus the ones that haven't had to go through it. It's, yeah, and we have thicker skins. Like I was yeah. talking to one of my mastermind um, friends, and. She's like, I've never had to deal with so many emotions in the workplace. Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Like, I my team members. Like one time, my one of my team members called, and she's like, I have anxiety, so you had to deal with the client. I'm like, uh, nope, that's such a your job. <laughs> so I'm not really sure <laughs> yeah. how this yeah. is gonna work. But you need to figure it out with the client. And no, I mean, I appreciate you have anxiety. You yeah. might have to pull the deadline off by a day, but you need to deal with it. Not I'm not, you know. And it was just, it was really interesting because I'm like, yeah, I will give you the space, we'll extend the deadline, but there's not this level of responsibility. And this is where the mm. generational differences come in, right? And
0: it's interesting. Some, I, yeah. yeah. Oof. Sorry, it's yeah. it is it's a slippery thing because, and you have to understand, it's really hard, I think, for women of our generation when we're leading younger women to understand, you know, exactly where to push for more accountability and responsibility and where to, to you know, listen and make space for that softer yeah. situation, you know, um, a lot. A while ago, and it was right when Gen Z kind of started to enter the workforce, I had a freelancer who called me once from the train station to tell me that she couldn't come into work because she was on her period and it, it didn't want didn't feel like it because she was on her period. And so I remember yeah. like being like, okay, go home, you know go home lay down you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and then i remember reflecting on it and being like wow it would have been really cool if i could have called my boss <laughs>
2: you know what i mean when i was <laughs> you know, years ago and said yeah. that, i was like i could
0: have had a broken leg and i would have hobbled to work <laughs> you know what i mean like that is yeah. what we thought we <laughs> had to do oh it's crazy yeah
2: we would never take that and that's what i love about the time like space now cuz you can be like i need a mental health day Right, um, need, yeah. And, and even for her to email the client to be like, hey, I need to take a mental health day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the client's like, sure, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And, but it was also, um, yeah, so that like, the balance is for sure. Like, how do you balance it? But it's also the level of, you know, it's, one of the first things is, like, so a lot of these generations coming in, They're away. You know, I've had this, like, multiple focus groups So like, some of the younger generations are No one tells us how to actually show up at work. Like, we don't know. They're like, the older generation has a certain way of doing things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No one tells us that. What does an open door policy mean? What does does it mean that, oh, you know, am I allowed to go talk to my manager at any time? Like, that's okay. Am I allowed to go talk to the VP? And because there's not a hierarchy there that what they're used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, and it's to the nuances, right? Like if we tell, um, you know, uh, the people who are leading – We want you to be transparent. I want you to feel like you can tell me things. I want you to feel like you can tell me whatever you want. But then I want you to also be professional and responsible, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can't show up to a meeting and and be so transparent that you're telling people what you think of them right in the middle of the meeting and making other people (laughs) feel uncomfortable. Like that is also technically transparent. Mm -hmm. But you have to define what that means for people and set those expectations like, hey, it's transparent, but we're also going to put respect and kindness and stuff like that and authenticity in front of you know, saying everything that we feel so that Mm. other people can feel comfortable too. You know, it's like those little things. And it's hard because sometimes you forget that you have to explain those things Mm. because it comes so naturally to people who had more structure coming up in the workforce.
2: But it also depends on what cultures they came from. So when we, like, because a lot of times when we're dealing, you know, when helping immigrants, you know, integrate or um, into North, like, for instance, like North American culture. Yeah. um, Part of the thing was, like, Auntie saying you have to be a little bit more vulnerable than you're used to back home. Yeah. And not to like vulnerable in the sense like you had to disclose your entire private life, but in the sense that you have to create heart to heart connections because people are expecting that they're expecting to connect with you at a deeper level than just as colleagues.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: And and having to like kind of um, giving people that opportunity to like think about that and what that might look like for them or what do they feel comfortable with sharing um, but it really goes back to like allowing people to bring their whole selves to work, mm-hmm. so, and we have to. The future of work is redefining what this might look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then that becomes like a whole. I don't like think whole, really knows right now. Yeah. Well, and then you know when you're a leader and stuff, that becomes a whole thing. in, like, how do I bring my whole self, mm-hmm. but then also like set the boundary right mm-hmm. between like, okay, I'm the I'm the leader of this team. I have to make decisions for you. You know, sometimes I have to be able to make decisions in your best interests. Sometimes you might not like those decisions, but I'm this is what I'm hired to do, and I'm looking out for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes if you're you've brought your whole self to work, that um invisible line that existed for our generation, for when our bosses didn't bring their whole selves to work, doesn't it? It gets blurred for our, our reports, right? Because we're being more authentic about who we are. So then they feel more at liberty to have, you know, <laughs> a little bit more pushback. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, yeah. we got to find that balance, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I know one of our team members the other day, I was like laughing at him today again about this, but he, during a meeting, I'm like, oh, because I'm a very pioneer, like ideas, whatever. Yeah. Person. yeah. And I'm like, oh, we need projects, a project manager and he starts laughing to the meeting he's like yeah we totally do I'm like that was really inappropriate <laughs> and he's like oh <laughs> and I'm like he completely does <laughs> me and then we're on a meeting today and he goes oh I didn't know you knew how to do this I'm like uh, you do realize this is my company right <laughs>
0: yeah <I> <laughs> obviously yeah.
2: do you know how to like plan inclusive products and yeah. like design technique I mean I'll go I don't design the tech but I've managed these projects and because there's like again the fine line of like well do I need to give them my resume or do I need <laughs> to tell them all the projects I've worked on to gain like yeah and it was just so funny when he said that to me I'm like we're, wow we're having this conversation right now you don't realize like why I start like it was just really interesting to yeah. watch all the dynamics mm, and the it, fact that he straight up said to me he's like I didn't think you know how to do this I'm like, okay that would never you, have happened in any other situation <laughs> you're like and how do you think I found it and milk the company <laughs>
0: yeah yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah, Manfred, yeah what
1: are some like practical like strategies that leaders and business owners can actually put in place for device diversity inclusion or like their hr strategies that you can give advice on like how do we practically do it
2: yeah, so one of the things is, so thinking about, um, it doesn't matter the size of your company, always think about who your suppliers are mm-hmm. and are they diverse. Yes. So you can be a solopreneur, you can be uh, a large um, organization. Think about your supplier diversity because when we're starting to ensure, that, that's how we're actually going to ch- make economic differences and change systems by giving uh, distributing wealth in different ways hmm. and giving contracts to people in different ways as well.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
2: so that's like one practical thing. One of the things solutions that I um, I have now is I don't actually negotiate people's rates. Um, I might decrease their hours, but I won't negotiate their rates. Huh. Not.
0: Interesting. Because
2: it's because we're it's not about um, we we have no right to val- put the value on someone else. Yeah. And there's some people that will be like, "That you're charging too low. Can you, like." um, can you increase your rates? Because, it, uh, you know, you, you like the hand up because people have done that to me, um, before. Yeah. And, um, where a client was <laughs> like, send me a proposal three times the amount you sent me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Damn it. I have to increase my rate. <laughs> um, so, so that's one place. So when we're also thinking about even, again, doesn't matter the size of your organization. Yeah. Um, and doesn't matter what the position is, always have the matrix of like, what are the skills you absolutely need mm-hmm. and what are the values of the organization and how does that individual align with the values? Mm-hmm. Um, because when we have that little checklist in front of us and that's how, what we're interviewing for, and we're always interviewing at least three people for supplier diversity, each role, um, you know, we have three at the final, um, you're actually having... Uh, and always have at least two people interview so you're getting different perspectives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: even if you're like a smaller company, um, bring advisor on to interview with you so you're not – you're making objective decision, not an emotional one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great. That's actually amazing. That's an amazing list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are your tips, your hot tips for, um, you know – I don't want to say putting your money where your mouth is, but like how how um, companies can live the val- other than hiring, how the companies can live the values that they market
2: back to the issue yeah. that we were talking about in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. like I mean, the biggest thing I always recommend is having an equity diversity inclusion or I or an and accessibility committee that is actually doing an analysis of like and have a, get an audit done. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can be done internally by a team member. Um, EDI doesn't live in HR. It's It, it actually should be housed um, in operations mm-hmm. um, and, and getting team members representing from all the different departments and getting them to talk about how can we be more of an inclusive organization. Yes. Your team members will give so much information to you and then they get to prioritize the projects in accordance to the business goals and the budget and, and use that as your strategy plan and your next steps for how are you going to embed equity, diversity, inclusion?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. This has been amazing. Yeah, so (laughs) such an interesting conversation. If someone wants to work with you, where can they find you? Uh,
2: We're at Beza, V-E-Z-A global.com. So that's um, V-E-Z-A global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com.
1: Awesome. We'll include a link to that in um, the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Manpreet. It's been awesome speaking with you we're and connecting was so much
2: fun
0: yeah we're connecting and stalking you on every platform so prepare for yeah, that you're absolutely, not going to get rid of you. us
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to you know when, when come to Vancouver oh yeah God, just wait. give me
0: an excuse really <laughs> it's such a beautiful place when
2: COVID's over yeah,
0: yeah. post COVID <laughs> of course yes
2: post COVID yes ah beautiful
0: okay well we'll talk soon take care okay thank you bye
2: bye this
0: podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.